You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast, presented to you by PHL Sports Nation and sponsored by Anchor. This is your host, Matt Loopy, and I have a re- returning guest today, Nick Sather of PHL Sixers Nation. Nick, how you doing? Good, Matt. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, of course. Um, so we're going to talk about what's next for the Eagles. They had a couple of moves so far. We've had some players come, some players go. And with a draft um, about a month away now, there is still a lot to consider. So just to review, the Eagles have Jalen Mills coming in um, back to the team as a safety, one year, $4 million. Rodney McLeod coming back for two years, $12 million. Hassan Ridgeway on a one-year deal. Nate Sudfeld on a one-year deal. And then the other players that they brought in, Javon Hargrave, three years, $39 million. He's the defensive tackle. Jatavis Brown, one year. And I don't think the contract details have come out for that one yet. Will Parks, the safety, one year, $1.6 million, which I think that's a, a fantastic deal for him. And then Darius Slay, obviously the big hitting acquisition there. They traded a third and a fifth round pick and extended him for another three years for $50 million. Coming out of Philly, we got Camus Grugier Hill and Jordan Howard going to the Dolphins. Malcolm Jenkins, the, ones that, the one that hurt pretty much everybody in the Eagles fan base, he's going back to the Saints where he started his career. Big V's going to the Lions and Nelson Aguilar going to the Raiders for a very cheap deal, but um, all the best to him. Hopefully he can turn his career around in Las Vegas with Derek Carr, Mariota, whoever's going to be playing um, as quarterback there. But with all these moves, the Eagles brought in um, eight players, four with familiar faces, four new faces. Nick, who's your favorite move so far? I have two, but most importantly, I would probably say Darius Slay because over the years, like we've had Mills and Darby playing our quarterback one, quarterback two, but we really never like had a solidified cornerback one. It's kind of just like who's ever playing better that game or they just take one of the sides of the fields, like the strong side or weak side or just play right or left. Mm-hmm. And for all the years, like we've seen wide receiver ones go for 150 yards, two touchdowns against us. And we, since with Jim Sports' defense, we normally don't – sometimes we do play safety over top. It's kind of just like, okay, you're going to play man-to-man. Even though we're going to give you a 10-yard um, fluff area – they still get burnt deep. And Darius Slay, we know his footwork is absolutely incredible. And he guards wide receiver ones week in and week out, and he holds them to very low yardage. Like um, I saw a tweet about how he guarded Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper in like two meetings has like 60 yards or something like that, very low. Mm -hmm. And if he can do that throughout this whole entire time, like with the Eagles, it'll be very good for us. But then the other player that I think is underrated so far is Jatavis Brown. I know a lot of people didn't know who he was, but just two seasons ago in 2018, he did have uh, total tackles, um, solo and assisted tackles of 97. And that was through – he played 15 games, started 10 games a year. That is a lot for only a player starting six, like a two-thirds of the games. And last year he only started one game. And the thing is he's only – I think he just turned 26 years old. Yeah, he just turned 26 years old. And – that's still a very young player. And like we've seen his rookie year 
and his second year in the league, he had 79 tackles in each of those seasons and went to 97, but this past year he only had 10. Like, if you played that well in your first three years, I'm assuming – assuming is a big word right there, but I can't see that talent going away. Like, what the film I've seen, he's a very quick linebacker, and I feel like he could definitely help out our core. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jatavis Brown is a solid pickup. I would I had a similar approach to you as this, but first I want to touch on Brown. Um, he's kind of like a perfect replacement for Camus Grugier Hill after he left because he's that quick athletic linebacker who's probably not going to be your plug-in linebacker for every situation, but he can start on special teams. He can cover well. Um, if he needs to rush to the quarterback, he can do that kind of just an athletic freak that you can throw in and know that he can make a play. Um, obviously, Nick just said that he had a ton of tackles in, um, in college. I believe he went to Akron. He had a good amount of sacks um, when he was uh, in his se- junior season, junior or senior year there. Um, so you know that he's going to bring a lot, a lot of athleticism to the team. My favorite move is obviously Darius Slay is everybody's favorite move, but I think that's a little bit mainstream. Um, talk about Darius Slay for a little bit here. I did um, on the last podcast, but uh, Darius Slay is easily one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I talked about this um, week in, week out that Byron Jones, obviously he was one of the best on the free agent market, but Darius Slay is better than Byron Jones. I'm glad the Eagles took the rational choice of not spending on Byron Jones and going and getting Darius Slay in a trade, even though the contract is a little bit more um, per APY. You know, Byron Jones did get the bigger contract overall, but Darius Slay, I think, was a much more logical move. He has a lot more. He's a lot of experience. He's not that much um, older either. So, I think that's an awesome move for the Eagles. But the one that's going to fly under the radar for me is Will Parks. He's my second favorite move that the Eagles made because he fills a big need. I was big on the Eagles having to address the secondary this offseason because obviously with Malcolm Jenkins leaving, you're putting Jalen Mills into his spot. That's huge shoes to fill. Malcolm Jenkins is a lot better than Jalen Mills overall, but for Mills to make that transition to safety and fill in for Jenkins, that's a lot to ask for. Rodney McLeod is coming off of a great season, but he's also getting up there in age. Um, You have to find his replacement in the future. So Will Parks getting him on a cheap one-year deal was awesome. It gives the team a quality third safety to work with, something that they haven't had since 2017 with Corey Graham. They tried it again in 2018 with Corey Graham, didn't work out. Tried it last year with Andrew Sandejo. That obviously didn't work out. He's a very versatile player, so um, you can plug him into many different situations, run those three safety sets, and I I just like it overall because I think he's going to get onto the field a lot but also contribute to special teams. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And like what most people don't understand is the Eagles, like the past three seasons, have ran a lot of three safety set defensive sets. But I, since Jalen Mills probably stepping in that Malcolm Jenkins role, like the rover linebacker hybrid player or whatever, like um, Will Parks can definitely step up into that safety role of actually like guarding the wide receivers deep and like playing the zone coverages and stuff like that. Because I don't know, Jalen Mills' mentality just like to me just speaks out to me that he wants to be in the box where like the running backs are and close up so he can like closer to the line of scrimmage than like mm-hmm. deep in the secondary. Yeah, definitely. I think um, although Mills is a different player than Jenkins, I still think him and McLeod complement each other well because of the way that they are. They're both hard hitting players. Um, you know, they both want to tackle hard, but Mills definitely improved on his tackling. Um, he improved on his coverage a little bit. I would definitely, trust Mills um, trailing a 
receiver or a running back more than McLeod. McLeod's kind of a player that you just want to sit back and see the play develop, go snatch an interception um, when it's when it's there for him. But yeah, definitely. I mean, Will Parks, he also has experience playing nickel, uh, nickel cornerback. So I know the Eagles have Avante Maddox and Crave on the block, but if injuries happen or whatever the situation may be, he can be plugged in in many different positions. So that's what I really like about him. And uh, the fact that he turned down offers from other teams for more money just so he could come to Philly and uh, want to compete and play well and play for Jim Schwartz in this defense and also return home because he's from North Philly was awesome. Um, really excited that the Eagles got him into the secondary because that was a huge need for me, a glaring hole right there mm. at the safety position. Um, but overall, the offseason has been pretty solid to start. Nick, what, what would you grade it um, on a letter grade scale? I'd probably be between B and B plus, mm-hmm. and that can definitely change in the upcoming weeks because a lot of the players still haven't been signed. Like the two top receivers left, Robbie Anderson and Prashad Perriman. Like if we get one of them, I'd definitely move it up probably like A minus A, but like right now I'd probably say B, B plus. Yeah, I agree. I'm at a B minus right now, and um, that's that's not terrible. So my rationale behind this was – First of all, defensive tackle was not a big need whatsoever. They mm-hmm. still had Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson brought back Hassan Ridgeway with their first move out of free agency. Uh, but then they go and spend huge money on Javon Hargrave and they address the position in a big way. Um, it was kind of puzzling to me, but the more I look at it, it's just pounding this Eagles uh, mindset of getting pressure up front, even if it's having three Pro Bowl caliber players there. I know that they're not mm-hmm. all plug in pro bowl players every single year, but two or three really quality defensive tackles that you can put in. And Ridgeway is an awesome de- defensive tackle for, I mean, that's perfect situation for the Eagles um, going forward at the no wide receiver, no O-line help so far. Um, that's kind of puzzling to me as well, because they went into the off season with wide receiver as the clear cut need, obviously cornerback and safety were up there on my list, but wide receiver was really, really high up there. Uh, with guys like Robbie Anderson hitting the market. You thought that they would, could, could address somebody with a little bit of speed. Um, also, O-line, you're losing Big V, that versatile backup that can play tackle, guard, whatever it may be. You lost him and didn't plug in any backup, any veteran backup. There's still time, but no wide receiver, no O-line help. Um, that definitely was a negative so far this offseason. Linebacker was addressed in the classic Eagles way. Um, they started a couple seasons ago when they brought in Corey Nelson, just bring in someone with athletic ability, special teams presence on a one-year deal. They've kind of followed suit with that the past couple of years, and they did it again with Jatavis Brown. And I think it'll work out, but linebacker is a bigger need than just that kind of player. I think they needed to look to the draft to improve on that position. And lastly, um, as a positive, I think they made great moves in the secondary. Like I just said, brought back Jalen Mills, Rodney McLeod, and then also brought in Will Parks and Darius Slay um, definitely making the improvements that need to be made there. Yeah, I totally agree. And if we're moving on, like the top five needs, I think the Eagles need upcoming. Definitely, I feel like number one, and it's going to be my number one until they address it, is a wide receiver one, mm-hmm. a true wide receiver one that Wentz can just rely on when the pocket breaks down, he's running out of the pocket. He knows he's going to be open. He, or you can just throw it to him, even though 50-50 balls aren't the way of the game anymore. Just having that confidence in your receiver to be able to come down with it. Like right now, even though Zach Ertz is a tight end, Carson Wentz literally treats him like a wide receiver one. Yeah. And what yeah. you talked 
when we talk about Vitae, that's my 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 second highest need to be a, a swing tackle, a person that can play left tackle and right tackle. We saw how critical Vitae's role has been these past couple of years when Peters and Lane Johnson went down. And I have a feeling Jason Peters actually may be brought back because as what I've seen so far, hasn't been getting much interest from a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Jason Peters is willing to take a step back and be that backup role player possibly because I do feel like Dillard, need, it's, it's his time. Yeah. Then the third need, I said a speed receiver, and that's that's what I'm saying, like Perriman, maybe Anderson, but we really can't overpay for them if we're still holding on to Alshon. Number four, like you said, a linebacker. We haven't committed to a linebacker in a long time, which is kind of odd. Like Nate Gary is probably our longest standing linebacker right now. Mm-hmm. And I number five is definitely a power running back because if we're sticking with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott right now, they're both very like explosive players, even though Miles Sanders can't and Boston Scott has shown that he can run over people through the tackles, but just a true player that like we need like one yard. We know he's going to get it. Yeah, definitely. I like that list. Um, Obviously ranking five positions limits a lot, but um, we had a quite a bit of difference here. So first off I had wide receiver as my number one as well. I think everybody's going to have wide receiver because right now, assuming Alshon Jeffrey's not on the team, Deshaun Jackson's the top wide receiver, then it's J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Greg Ward, and that's not the best situation for the Eagles right now. I know the draft um, still is yet to occur, but still got to make some moves there. I mean, even if it's drafting two or three receivers and trying to have some battle out for two spots or bringing in a guy like Robbie Anderson or Brashad Perriman or Philip Dorsett that I've mentioned previously, it needs to be addressed some way somehow. Next up at number two, I'm going to go with defensive end because – Still nothing has been made, and I just know how Roseman, and he's going to address it some way, somehow. It wasn't in free agency. I know he got a defensive tackle, but defensive end is a very, very weak position right now for the Eagles. They don't have um, that elite pass rusher. Brandon Graham is an elite, uh, elite athlete, but it's not like he's always getting in there at the quarterback. He had, I believe, six sacks last season, but three came in one game. You need somebody that can spread it out a little bit more and have more dominance the entire season. Derek Barnett is not giving that either. Josh Sweat is on the rise, but after that, there's really nothing. It's all rotational players that you can't really trust to start um, or play a significant role. Obviously, with Vinny Curry um, not on the team anymore, who knows if he'll be back. That's definitely a big hit. After that, cornerback is still third on my list. Um, I think even with the addition of Darius Slay, I don't know who's going to start next to him. Is it going to be Sidney Jones? Is it going to be a draft pick? I hope it's going to be a draft pick. I'm not ready to throw Sidney Jones in there. I'm fine with him competing with somebody. Um, Apparently now Rasul Douglas is in some trade talks, which I agree with. I think if you're not going to use him, might as well get some value out of him. So um, that position, although Darius Slay, they got him and got an elite corner. That position is still a need. Number four, we both had similar linebacker. Um, I don't think it's going to be addressed in the first two rounds, even the first three rounds, but get somebody that you can rely on a strong, uh, nice middle linebacker that can create turnovers, have a bigger presence, not just these um, quick linebackers that you just throw in, in different situations. I want somebody that you can rely on. And then fifth, even though it's short up a little bit, I think safety still is a little bit of priority because um, you, with Rodney McLeod with two years left, Jalen Mills on one year, Will Parks on one year, there's no long-term solution. I'd like to have somebody that you can develop for the future, even if Jalen Mills comes back long-term. What do you think about those? 
I totally agree. And like what what I've said earlier, like the Eagles haven't committed long term to any linebacker or safety or like secondary, we could say, besides Darius Slay. Yeah. Because the rookie contracts, I'm pretty sure this may be Cindy Jones last season with the Correct, Eagles. yeah. Yeah. And Maddox and LeBlanc. I'm not sure how many more years left, but I'd assume it's on or I'm pretty sure it's under two because Maddox was drafted two seasons ago. And like you said, um, there's no commitment and I don't know what round they take it in because I don't feel like we saw how the project of JJ Arcega Whiteside has gone so far, but like he could still step up this year. It's just, I don't know if they want to take a guy that has like huge potential, but like a very high bust rate. Yeah, definitely. So we danced around the topic of no uh, wide receiver getting selected yet. Nick, why do you think that the position hasn't been addressed yet so far this free agent period? Well, I believe that it hasn't been addressed so far this free agent period so far is because the players want more money than the Eagles are willing to pay. Mm-hmm. With a loaded wide receiver class in this upcoming draft, the Eagles probably do not want to spend more than around $8 million a year when they still have Alshon's large contract. Like $8 million a year for Robbie Anderson, I'd be 100% down with. But he's probably, like you said, he's looking for like 12 to 15. Like that's way too much for him. And the market probably should be around 8 million because if you look at Emmanuel Sanders, he signed for two years, 16 million. And even though Emmanuel Sanders is like five years older than Robbie Anderson, he's still probably, he is a better player than he is. So if Robbie Anderson, even if he was down for like a one-year contract, one year, 8 million, like I would totally be down with that. Yeah, definitely. I think even there, there hasn't been a big run on wide receivers in the entire league. Emmanuel Sanders and Amari Cooper are the only ones that, are really getting their big money. I mean, other than that, have there been any other receivers that have signed so far? Is there something I'm missing? I do not believe so. Yeah, like Nelson I, Aguilar signed oh, for like yeah, one they're... year, like one million, but like yeah. that's so small. Yeah, Aguilar is uh, added to the list, but it's very, very short after mm-hmm. um, you saw a long list this offseason of who the Eagles could acquire. Um, before I go on with this, I want to say to everyone that everybody needs to stop blaming Howie for not getting – DeAndre Hopkins I know it's frustrating that the Cardinals got him for basically nothing but the fact that the Eagles um, called about DeAndre Hopkins and the asking price was too high they must have valued David Johnson as like a first round pick because the the fact that they got him for or was it David Johnson in a fourth round pick for DeAndre uh-huh. Hopkins basically um, if you go to the Eagles for that I would value the same thing as Rasul Douglas in a fourth round pick that's the kind of talent that you're going to mm-hmm. get uh, it's very comparable. So obviously the Texans really wanted David Johnson. That's originally what the trade was. Originally when the news broke, it was David Johnson going to um, Houston. But then DeAndre Hopkins came in the package a couple minutes later. So I think I definitely feel the frustration. I would love to have DeAndre Hopkins here, but I definitely wouldn't want him to come if it was the expense at um, multiple picks, including a first round pick. And then you have to remake his contract to over 20 million a year because he's definitely better than Amari Cooper. Um, that's just my take on that real quick. I just wanted to address that, but um, overall wide receivers like Robbie Anderson and Rashad Perriman, who we've mentioned before, they're asking for a lot of money likely because every team wants speed um, after seeing the 49ers do so well, the chiefs do so well this past season and having a lot of speed, everybody's trying to replicate that kind of offense. But the draft is so much better. Why get a receiver like Robbie Anderson for top dollar if he can mm-hmm. only do two things when you can get Henry Ruggs, who can do 10 things um, for a lot cheaper, longer term, 
Um, it just doesn't make sense. I wouldn't pay that much money when you still have the drafts to look forward to. And um, I'm sure Howie would have liked to add a wide receiver by now, but he's he's smart with his money. I know it's frustrating sometimes when you see players like, I mean, before Darius Slay was traded for, Byron Jones goes to, to Miami and everybody's all up in arms about Howie Roseman. Um, he's very smart with his money. He knows when to back out. As frustrating it can, as it can be, he sometimes misses on some. Um, but he's smart with his money. He knows when to back out. And that's what I like about him because I wouldn't want Robbie Anderson on the Eagles right now for $12 million a year when the Eagles need to draft a wide receiver um, and invest so much into it, if that makes sense. 100% agree. And like what you said about like receivers, you, there's so much value in the draft compared to actually signing free agents. Like the rookie contracts are so cheap relatively compared mm-hmm. to like the, how they produce, especially like if you say we draft a receiver first round, if they even produce like AJ Brown did this past year, like a thousand yards, like AJ Brown's, he was a second round pick. He probably mm-hmm. is getting paid like 2 million a year. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't get better value than that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, that's so um, underrated, especially with the running back position. Running backs aren't getting paid as much these days is because it's so fluid. These running backs don't last long. And then all of a sudden the, someone in the draft can replace them like that. And all of a sudden you got Todd Gurley just bouncing around getting paid. I mean, he's, he's getting paid decent money, but you, you know what I mean? Like he's, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's the same situation. You're not going to pay top dollar when you can get a much better player um, for less money. And I want to say to the Eagles fans right now, don't forget about Deshaun Jackson. If this whole, Sir. yeah, if this whole injury didn't happen last season, a freak injury that can happen to anyone. I mean, it happened to Nate Gary. Nobody's talking about that. Um, nobody would be concerned last year on this time. Everybody was so excited because Deshaun Jackson was coming back. And then now everybody's saying you can't rely on him. You can't put him in for more than 40% of snaps. I agree. You can't rely on him as your top wide receiver but i mean come on he's he's a great player you saw that in week one if he makes a full recovery which it looks like he already did i mean team's got something to worry about so that is definitely an underrated player on the eagles offense right now and nobody's talking about it um the wide receiver position still needs to be addressed but come on deshaun jackson is a solid piece to start with yes it is um yeah so we got a bunch of content covered right now, but next up is the draft. Nick, what is your mindset going into the draft? Going into the draft, man, I'm I'm all in. I know this may sound dumb because people are like, "Oh, there's a bunch. There's gonna be a bunch of receivers there at 21," but I am all in at trading up to get Judy. Okay. Because I'm um, just watching his tape. He plays a lot faster than he actually is. If you look at if you watch his film. He has countless 40, 50-yard bombs smoking SEC defend, SEC corners, and he can be a true wide receiver one. If you look at the recent Alabama receivers drafted in the first round, we're looking at Calvin Ridley, who's a, who's a beast. Then we're looking at Amari Cooper. Then if you go back a few more years, it's Julio Jones. All of them are incredible talents, and Jerry Judy's route running is literally like mind-blowing like he's always open and if we trade up for him I don't know if we'll most likely get rid of our second round pick but if we don't I could see the Eagles double dipping in the first two rounds with maybe like KJ Hamler but I feel like if they do get rid of their second round pick there's definitely drafting two receivers the second receiver I would look for like late round maybe 
fourth to sixth would be Quez Watkins out of Southern Mississippi. He ran like the second fastest 40 yard dash at the NFL combine for receivers. He ran, I'm sure it's like a four, three, five or something yeah. like that. And he's, he is, I know we talked about, Oh, we don't want raw talent or whatever, but you can't teach speed. And if that's just what we need from him is a guy that can stretch the field when Deshaun Jackson needs a break and we just tell him, Hey, run a street route. And like, if he's open, Carson Wentz can definitely hit him. Yeah. Like everyone's like, Oh, Carson Wentz doesn't have a good deep ball, but he doesn't have a good deep target. Yeah. The first game of the year, he had two like 50 yard plus touchdowns and didn't have one like the rest of the season. Yeah. That's because he didn't have anyone that could beat anyone that deep. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you raise a good point about the wide receiver um, double dipping there because it's on the top of both of our lists. I think even um, we had some differences there, but me personally, after that, I had defensive end and cornerback. Those are still decent needs, but I don't think you need to address it with a second round pick. It could still be um, with a third round pick or one of the fourths. So I think going to the draft, my mindset is still going to be a modified best player available because obviously you're not going to draft a tight end, a quarterback, defensive tackle, uh, running back, offensive tackle, or um, even linebacker. I unless Isaiah Simmons somehow falls to the Eagles, in oh, I love him. <laughs> yeah, I love him. unless that happens, linebacker is not going to be uh, coming the Eagles' way uh, in the first round, at least. So I'm with you. I say trade up if you need to and stop playing it safe. Howie Roseman even addressed this um, at the beginning of the offseason at the Combine because he said there's been times where the Eagles have been going into the draft with five or six picks, then they see someone that they really like, but they just don't have the draft picks to do so. And I don't think he wants to risk saying, okay, I'll give you next year's first rounder, next year's second rounder, um, and not knowing what the needs are going to be next year. He, he's a guy that likes to look into the future, but he doesn't want to give up his draft capital of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so now with eight picks, he, he had 10 before the Darius Slate trade. Now with eight picks, Nick and I have been talking a lot um, about Eagles stuff lately, and we both agree that it's very unlikely that eight players – um, plus undrafted free agents, count in one or two of those. So say yes. nine or 10 players, not all of them are going to make the final roster. So mm-hmm. you might as well spend your money on players that you actually like. If it's going to be um, CD Lamb that you think he's going to fall for a little bit, go get him. Go make that leap um, and get someone that you actually like. If you don't like, I mean, I, I really like Justin Jefferson. I like Denzel Mims. But if you don't like them at 21, Go get something that you really like. Waste that um, other pick. I mean, not waste it. Invest it um, yes. into someone that you actually want. And if wide receivers fly off the board quick, don't overspend. You don't want um, a situation like in 2017 when you had John Ross, Mike Williams, and um, Corey Davis all go in the top 10. If that happens this year, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade up. I wouldn't trade up past um, – you know, eight or nine to try to get a wide receiver. That's going to take so much. So wait back and a good cornerback is going to fall into your lap. So it's kind of best situation for them. Um, But I definitely agree. Go get that wide receiver if you want, but um, would you go a different route if wide receiver wasn't there? Honestly, my different route would be to um, trade back. I trade the first for like two seconds and I don't know. I don't know if any team has two seconds in this year's draft. I didn't look that into it. But if a team did have two seconds in this draft and not one for the following year, I would definitely think about it. Because what's going to be at 21 is either going to be – we're either going to take a corner 
or that's most likely what we're going to take. And I don't know how much they're going to value that at this moment. They could value it extremely high, but I don't know if it's high enough because they like their corner may be listed at like 35 on their mock, but why would they take him at 21? Like that just wouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But my thing, like going back to the receiver thing, I definitely feel like they're going to double dip and I definitely feel like they're going to build a receiving court for the, for the future, even though Deshaun Jackson is going to be here for another, most likely here for another two years. If they can have like Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, if they trade up, because I don't see them falling, then they have, even though J.J. Arcega-Whiteside hasn't played well, if he can be a wide receiver three, like if he's a wide receiver three, I'd totally be okay with it. And if we, or if he's a wide receiver too, like I do feel like whatever two re- wide receivers we draft in this draft will most likely become starters in the future with JJ as the third receiver and possibly I, Greg Ward would be a very good wide receiver for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think best case scenario for the Eagles is a early run on quarterbacks and offensive tackles to have these wide receivers fall. And I'm with you. I'm definitely all for trading up, but if you don't get that trade up and you're just sitting there, um, I, I don't know about trading back because just my mindset of um, having eight picks already, just yeah, getting more. Sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just um, I don't know if that would be much of a value to the team. I mean, if mm-hmm. they want to trade back a little bit and go get, you know, a guy like KJ Hamler, and then in round four trade up again to go get a linebacker, then yeah, it would make sense. It would kind of offset each other. But overall, if the Eagles go defense in round one, round two is still going to be a great situation for the Eagles with wide receiver. Like I said, KJ Hamler, um, possibly LaVisca Chenault. I think he was a first round graded receiver in my opinion, but with that injury might drop mm-hmm. down to round two, Definitely. Brandon Ayuk, uh, another player like that. So um, I think the secondary needs to be addressed with a cornerback and a safety somewhere in the draft, but a majority of the picks have to be on offense. And Last year, the Eagles spent their first three picks on the offensive side of the ball. Andre Dillard, which wasn't an immediate need. Miles Sanders, was, which also wasn't an immediate need because they had Jordan Howard. I mean, they could have – they really needed a running back, but they could have held off um, till a later round, but they went and got the guy that they wanted. And then J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, wide receiver, was a good need, but um, kind of may possibly reached for him. Um, don't know. I mean, too late to get into that, but um, – the that needs to be the tone for this draft as well because the defense is pretty much set besides another defensive end another corner and maybe a safety you got five picks after that go get a wide receiver go get that o-line help possibly a third tight end uh for this season whatever it may be build that offense for carson wentz totally agree so to finish off this podcast we have a couple of fan questions we'll get to that right after this ad All right, everybody, welcome back. The first one is from Joshua Cosgrove. Um, he asked, does Malik Jackson play more at D-end than D-tackle? I'm assuming he meant for this upcoming season. And right after Javon Hargrave signed with the Eagles, this is something that I proposed to Nick um, because Malik Jackson is kind of the opposite of Brandon Graham. He starts on the inside, but he can move outside. Brandon Graham can move um, inside from the outside. So very versatile defender. And I think they will definitely move him out there often because, like I said, defensive end is a big need, especially after this foot injury. Um, I don't know if they're going to put him outside full-time because that's going to be a lot of wear and tear on his foot. Um, It took Jalen Mills a full year to recover from that similar injury. So that might be a little bit too much to ask him to bend around all these top offensive tackles time after time. 
but him and Brandon Graham, I would imagine are going to move very freely um, because Javon Hargrave, he's not moving. He's supposed to be right in <laughs> front of the center. Um, oh. He's not going anywhere. Same with Fletcher Cox, but Malik Jackson, a little bit more leeway with him. I would love to see him outside. Nick, what do you think about that? I personally believe he's going to play more defensive tackle with him and Ridgeway will be like, come be the rotation coming off the bench will be huge for them. Mm. But like what you said with Schwartz's defense, don't be surprised if he lines up at defensive end. The reason why I think he's going to be lined up more at defensive tackle is even though Fletcher Cox is still probably the second best defensive tackle in the league after, or defensive line player in the league after Aaron Donald. It's just, he is getting up there in age. And even though he can still play literally every single down, like we saw in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I feel like even though, it's not what I want to say, but like load managing him because we've seen like the past couple of years, he's finished the season injured, yep. like two seasons ago, he finished with a broken foot. Like we don't need that going through. Like if we have all these guys who can actually play and we're at one time in their career pro bowlers and they're still of, they're still capable of elite play. I believe like Malik Jackson will be the inside just for that reason to give Fletcher Cox the rest he needs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're definitely going to rotate a lot with these three or four awesome defensive tackles. And it's going to be a similar situation to the Super Bowl run with Bo Allen, how effective he was in the pass rush. And um, when he was really just a run stuffing defensive tackle, but the way that they rotated them and kept them fresh, Bo Allen got in to the backfield a lot. Um, I think that's going to be very similar in the, the way that they're going to um, operate their defensive line there. But if Malik Jackson has an opportunity to bounce out, um, every once in a while, I think he will definitely do that. Going on to our next question, Crick Dombeck asked, can we get any takers on Alshon? Um, this is another thing that Nick and I talked about a little bit ago. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is still on the team, even after this new CBA was proposed that um, you can cut a player with this post-June 1 designation, which means that their salary, their their cap hit can be spread over two seasons. So it's much more manageable to get rid of Alshon Jeffrey and that hefty contract, which they are expected to do. But I think that the reason that they're holding on to him right now is because Howie is in fact shopping him, even if it's for a very late round pick or a trade package with another team. But the teams that come to mind that are a little bit wide receiver needy and have a somewhat of a connection are the Bears because they have that connection with Nick Foles, obviously. The Jets, they're very wide receiver needy, and um, Joe Douglas is over there. And the Jaguars, um, they are wide receivers needy, needy as well and need a top, uh, not a top receiver, but a uh, jump ball receiver. So those three teams come to mind uh, right away. And the Jaguars is something interesting because the whole um, trade rumors with Yannick Nagakwe, whether the Eagles are interested or not, he seems to pre- be uh, pretty interested in Philly. So I don't know if that would be thrown into a trade package or whatever the situation would look look like there. But Nick, what do you think about uh, possible trading Alshon Jeffrey? Those three teams you listed are very good. Another one that I, I think is a possibility, but not very high, is the Los Angeles Rams. Because mm-hmm. they seem like the team that wants more draft picks. Even though like they were just in the Super Bowl two seasons ago, they already seem like they're in a rebuilding phase, which is kind of scary to say. So, like, Alshon Jeffrey and picks, even though this player doesn't make sense because he's always hurt, but Brandon Cooks could make sense for the Eagles as he brings elite speed and a deep threat. And Brandon Cooks just came off his worst season in his career since his rookie year. So I feel like his value is going to be lower than what it has been in the past. He's been – he's had, like, five 1,000-yard seasons, but this past season he only had a little bit over, I think, 550. 
even though he does have a very bad injury history with concussions, if the Eagles could somehow swap Alshon and maybe a fifth round pick for Brandon Cooks, I would honestly do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's really interesting because it is expected that Brandon Cooks is going to be traded this offseason. I thought it would have come earlier because uh, there was, I believe it was like two or three days ago, $4 million of his salary was going to become guaranteed. And it was a similar situation with Todd Gurley. They were going to shop him. And if anything wouldn't happen, just release him. Don't have to pay that money. But they did, in fact, pay that money. Um, so I don't know. It it. I think he still will get moved some way, somehow, but mm-hmm. um, it's kind of questionable that they didn't make the move then. But yeah, that would definitely be interesting. Um, Alshon Jeffrey for Brandon Cooks. Um, next question comes from Drew Jersey, and he said, who will be the running backs by committee? Uh, I know the Eagles have operated with a running back by committee kind of uh, scheme the past couple of seasons, but I think Miles Sanders is definitely going to get the majority of the snaps, but not an overwhelming majority. I think the breakdown is going to be 60% of snaps going in Sanders' favor. That doesn't even mean that he's carrying the ball every time. That means he's either blocking or catching yeah. the ball or just um, back there with Carson Wentz ready for a check down. Boston Scott is going to get around 25%, um, but that might that might adjust a little bit. If Miles Sanders isn't going to be a dominant back, which it's not like I'm expecting him to not do well, but if he's not um, proven that he's going to – do well with that 60%. Boston Scott played amazing with very limited action. When he was asked to step up, even as the lead back Mm -hmm. uh, for a game or two, played unreal. So Boston Scott deserves more than 25%. I think he's going to cut into a little bit of Sanders' workload, which is fine with me. Keep Sanders fresh. And then the rookie late round or uh, late offseason free agent signings, they're going to split the rest. Um, Nick has been high on a guy like A.J. Dillon, um yes, it yes. could be also, I just talk about him. Yeah, uh leave that to you. But uh also off season free agent signing. I'm not sure who that's gonna be, but someone with a little bit more power um that will complement these guys well. Just a reminder to you guys that Corey Clement will not be on the team in twenty twenty unless the Eagles bring him back, which I can't imagine they would. His salary was next to nothing and they uh declined that option. So he is now a free agent. So right now it's just Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. They need to add um I would say they're going to add three more running backs at some point to duke it out in um, the off season. Also, I forgot to mention Elijah Holyfield, he is still on the squad. So that's someone that can uh, compete for that power back role, but definitely need to add two more to um, fight for their roster spot in the off season and then go into the season with four running backs. Nick, what do you think? I agree with exactly, exactly what you did say. And I don't believe we're going to bring in a free agent because Yes, a veteran running back is good and all, but if they're not like, I rather play the playable young guy that's gonna get that's gonna develop. Even though running backs don't last long, like you said, mm-hmm. but if we have like a young, a young running back core of Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and my favorite running back AJ Dillon, I'd be so happy. Mm-hmm. And I believe Elijah Holyfield could be that fourth running back, but I believe AJ Dillon as our running back three could just be game changer, like. He is nowhere near, or I can't say that yet because I've just watched college film, haven't seen what he's, or if he's going to do anything in the pros, but he does remind me of Jordan Howard, just running through the tackles and just putting his shoulder down and running. And he did run a lot faster than I would in the 40. His combine stats were almost identical to of Derrick Henry's. I'm not saying he is Derrick Henry. I'm saying his uh, recordings, measurables, the, yeah. measurables and recordings from – 
the combine were almost the same. And if we could have him as a running back three, and maybe he's just a fourth quarter running back when we're up by seven and we're just like, okay, get us three and a half yards three times in a row. Mm-hmm. That gets us a first down and waste three minutes. Like that's all we really need. Even though Miles Sanders showed at the end of the year that he's a, he can run through the tackles beginning of the year, he just bounced everything outside. It's just, I want, since Miles Sanders is so good in the passing game, like you said, 60% of the snaps, just being on the field 60% of the time is like really all we need from him because he's going to be so good for us going forward that there's no point of putting him out there every single snap. Yeah, definitely. I mean, getting AJ Dillon would complement this group so well, but um, just real quick before we move on, a lot of fans are obsessed with getting four quality running backs because they're used to the Super Bowl run with Jai, LeGarrette mm-hmm. Blunt, Corey Clement. Um, then last year with um, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, you have a big group of talented running backs, but the reps were always split. I think now that you mm-hmm. got Miles Sanders, your guy that you can rely on every single game, it doesn't matter that much. Him and Boston Scott can lead the group. If you get A.J. Dillon uh, later in the draft, that'd be fantastic. He's definitely going to play. But even if you roll into the uh, the season with Elijah Holyfield as a third running back, there's no need to worry because everybody loves Miles Sanders. Everybody knows what he can bring to the table. It's not like they need to bring Jordan Howard and a guy like him as their third running back because, frankly, they're just not going to play that much behind Miles Sanders. Um, and the thing is with running back committees, even though the 49ers didn't win the Super Bowl last year, they had an insane three-headed monster mm-hmm. at running back. Even though they were, they all played running back in the position very similarly, but like Mostert, Breda, and Coleman, they all had over 500 yards. And like, I don't expect our rookie running back if we draft one to have over 500 yards. But no. if Sanders can have like he had 818 this past year, if he can maybe go to 850, Boston Scott probably is going to be around four 500. This is if they all stay healthy, of course, but having three running backs that can actually play good amount of snaps, that's going to be huge for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, going to our last question, this is, in my opinion, the most interesting one. There's a little bit of um, fan speculation to this. I wouldn't say it's actual rumor, but um, Liam Shanley messaged us and said, um, if there was a chance to get Julio Jones for Zach Ertz in the mix, would you do it? And um, this is something that pains me that I'm <laughs> responding it to this way, but um, first of all, I would say it's unlikely to happen. The Falcons are so in such a bad cap situation that they're not going to bring on a top tight end. Um, I know dumping Julio Jones salary would help them, but it's not like they are in a position to kind of match contracts in that sense. Um, but the news that came out a couple of days ago with Zach Ertz rejecting a contract extension over uh, this past season that would have made, made him the highest paid tight end at the time. Um, similar to Austin Hooper's current deal of four years, $44 million, he turned that down. So if he wants to get paid not only that but even more, that's I don't think that's going to fit into the Eagles' plans in the future because you can't pay both him and Goddard um, in the future because Ertz is, I believe, two more years left on his deal. Same with Goddard. Um, the Eagles were in a similar situation after they won the Super Bowl. They were fine with um, – Ertz and Burton that whole season that worked perfectly, but then Burton would just wasn't in the plans. He had an opportunity to start somewhere else for a lot more money. The Eagles couldn't fit into their cap space. I think that's mm-hmm. something that they're going to um, run into in the future, but they're not going to turn on Goddard. Now Goddard is the future. 
no matter how good Ertz is right now, he's a top three, top two tight end in the league. But as the season, these two seasons go on, they're going to value Dallas, uh, Dallas Goddard a lot more. So if Ertz um, can be used to get a big time player back or a lot of picks back, like a first or second round pick, I think you have to consider it. I'm not going to say you have to do it right away, but if the Falcons come calling and they say, we got Julio Jones for you, throw in Zach Ertz. I mean, I'm not hanging up that phone. I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. What about you? Mm-hmm. I agree. You have to hear it out, but I don't, I'm going to say this based on bias. Like I wouldn't, even though like Julio's 31 and Ertz turns 30 in November, even though the age is not a big deal, but like what you did say, I didn't really think about it was if a team called and, say, hey, we'll give you a first-round pick. That is something, like, how do you turn that down? You mm. know what I mean? And Yeah, it's not only just Ertz as the player or Julio as the player. You have to consider mm-hmm. it um, the whole situation. Like, if, if other teams were involved and interested, I know Julio is older and you're not, you're not going to want him on your team for the next five seasons because he's not going to give that level of production. But um, just the fact of... I think that just that question in general brought up a whole different topic in my mind of, I mean, Ertz can be used to bring in a lot back. And in my mind, even before all of this was considered, even before he turned down that extension, I didn't think he was going to be in the uh, Eagles plans long term. Mm-hmm. I didn't think an extension was going to be offered. Hey, Matt, I got a crazy question for you. All right. Since Tom Brady is now on the Buccaneers and he loved even he loved his two tight end sets with Gronk and Hernandez. Even though he has Mike Evans and uh, I forget is it Chris Godwin, and he has OJ Howard, who's a nice tight end. If Tampa Bay can knock on your door and offer the 14th pick for Ertz, would you accept it? Yes. Because if you do that, you can definitely trade up. Could you imagine drafting Judy and Ruggs in the first round? Like, yeah. if that if that happened, like I don't even know what I'd do. Like, I'd be super upset losing Ertz, but. Because no, yeah, they would get the Buccaneers push their timetable up an insane amount. Yep. Like they were like, oh, maybe in a four or five years we can maybe compete. But now they're like, okay, it's right now. And even though OJ Howard is a good tight end, if they had Ertz, that would take Brady's game to the next level because Godwin and I'm not trying to talk about the Buccaneers, but Godwin and Mike Evans are both they can both go deep and he needs that. Tom Brady always likes a short route guy, which Ertz kind of is. He's always like 10 yards and that's his route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, having another first-round pick would do wonders for this Eagles team. And Goddard is ready to step up, too. You can use a late-round mm-hmm. pick to add a backup to Goddard. But it's not like Goddard is still a rookie and still hasn't been polished yet. He's very similar to George Kittle. He's a great blocking tight end, True. but he can step out and be an amazing receiver when need be. Um, but, but not only that, once he gets gets into the open field, he can break tackles. Uh, I mean, he's just a beast. And I know Ertz is um, a whole different animal to deal with. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's I, as as upsetting a, as it would be to let go of Ertz, I think he definitely has to be considered as a trade piece. I wouldn't go out actively shopping him. Mm-hmm. But if teams were to call, um, I think you have to consider it, in my opinion. I can even imagine having the 14th, overall, 14th and 21st overall pick. That'd just be nuts. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, so uh, that's all we got for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed the discussion. Nick, again, thank you so so much for coming on. I think if the Eagles follow this uh, scheme that we build up, they'd be in pretty good shape for the 2020 season.
just want to thank you again, Matt, for having me on. Yeah, definitely. So hope you guys enjoyed this. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms, follow us on social media and tune in next time for more birds banter and go birds. Two.